I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is Moneyline, week 12. So we were all, we were off last week. Um, as Ben put it, which I do like this, all great <laughs> teams need a bye week. And, there you go. Uh, we needed one. I was actually in Phoenix, Arizona last week, um, hanging out with some millionaires. Not a lie. It's absolutely true. Um, ben, what'd you do last week? Uh I re-tiled my bathroom, so uh, and I didn't lose a bet for the first time this year. Congratulations! Yeah, thanks. It felt good not to lose money. It, that, that's always a good feeling when you don't lose money. <laughs> but I tell you what, we're you're not losing money, but there are some coaches that maybe so there's are there's some coaches that are out of a job, right? Yep. So David Cutcliffe has announced he's going to retire at the end of the year. Justin Fuente, uh, I know, Justin Fuente and Virginia Tech have parted ways. Washington has fired Jimmy Lake. So we take a bye week and then college football goes crazy. Well, that's what happens. That is what happens. They lost their minds. Yeah. Come closer to your mic, bud. Whatever you can. Um Yes, sir. You sounded very far away. <laughs> I apologize. It's all good. So, you know, I, I think let's talk about the Virginia Tech thing first. Um, Baby this, Beamer, get ready. I, I don't see that happening. This was long. <laughs> this was long overdue, I think. I think it's about two years overdue. Um, and I think where Virginia Tech was two years ago with Justin Fuente is where Florida is right now with Dan Mullen. I think you knew two years ago, looking at Justin Fuente, this guy is not the guy. And yep. 
you kept him in there just kind of out of the sheer hope and you know he would win just enough but you knew this guy's not the guy and i think it's you can parallel where florida is right now you look at dan mullen last year was fun but they're five and five the defense is absolutely pathetic they needed 70 points to beat samford a bad <laughs> like people look at these fcs teams and sometimes they're like oh a team played you know an fcs team won a game or played a close game against somebody whatever but i actually keep up with fcs football and so when I see like a good FCS team like Northern Iowa or North Dakota State go and win a game, that doesn't surprise me. But Samford, guys, that's a bad FCS team. They are like trying to think. Like what Akron is to FBS, that's what Samford is to FCS. Like they're not even a good FCS mm. team. And so the fact that they could go to Florida and keep Florida on their toes for three and a half quarters – it, it says something. I mean, I just don't think Dan Mullen gets out of that. And at any point in the next couple of years, I mean, Ben, can you look at Dan Mullen and reasonably think Florida's ever going to compete for a compete in the playoff? I just, I don't see it. I think last year was their peak year. They didn't do it then. I don't think they're ever going to do it. Yeah, I'll tell you when people start asking him about recruiting and why the talent that he has can't perform. And he says he'll worry about recruiting in the off season when it's recruiting season. That's pretty bad. Uh, the Florida fan base and the Florida atmosphere is huge for recruiting. And if you're not leveraging that every single week, you have a home game, then you're a fool. And uh, it's weird because he's had to fire now multiple coaches, uh, as far as like the defensive coordinator, a handful of others. Um, he's almost lost the team at this point and i think i think he has yeah (laughs) well they pulled out a win and then he celebrated it and then everyone like went off on him for celebrating the fact that they won that game uh an embarrassing win if anything but yeah they they pulled out a win versus a bad team well and i think Um, the thing about recruiting too ben this mm -hmm. this actually is recruiting season the early signing period is in like three weeks like, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he says, oh, it's not recruit. No, it is recruiting season. Um, it, that, by the way, is why Virginia Tech made the decision, I think, to part ways with Fuente. Now, like, it seems weird. They're coming off a big win against Duke. Why, why wouldn't you wait to the end of the year? What's that? Is that a big win? Like, Louisville is... No, no, oh, like it's, it's not a, when I say big win, I don't mean like it's an important win. I mean, like they crushed Duke. They won it like 48 to 17 or whatever. Um, but I mean, you would just think, you know, a coach coming off a 48 to 17 win. If you were going to fire him now, you could have fired him a week ago. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and we're Virginia Tech fans. They're upset because now they owe Justin Fuente 10 million. And if they had waited three weeks, they would have owed him 7 million. But you have that early signing period. So you've got to. Tell your recruits, hey, this is the decision we're making, and then use these next few weeks to try and keep those guys around. Um, ben, you were thinking, so you think Virginia Tech's going to hire Shane Beamer? Absolutely. Baby Beamer, come home. Is Virginia Tech that much better of a job than South Carolina? Absolutely. He can own the state of Virginia because UVA is not doing it. Guess who owns the state of South Carolina? Clemson. Guess yeah, who but owns guess the who state owns of Georgia? the state of Virginia? UNC and Ohio State and Penn yeah, State. Yeah, but that can be changed. Like, Daddy Beamer owned the state of Virginia, and that's what Virginia Tech should do. They should own Virginia, and Baby Beamer can do that again. They should. I, I think Virginia Tech needs to keep their eyes on Jamie Chadwell. That would be... He would be number one on my list. I think another guy I would be really, really high on, and this is going to jump out at people, but I think I'd be really high on P.J. Fleck out of Minnesota. One, I think you could get him. And this is the year I think you could get him because I don't think P.J. Fleck, like I don't think Florida would want him. I don't think he's ready for a big enough job like that. I think Virginia Tech is an upgrade from Minnesota for sure. Um, 
And I think Virginia Tech sends a message to every to all the recruits, to all the players, to everybody, and to their fan base. Hey, we're going to go steal a coach from another Power Five school that's winning, like another Big Ten school. We're going to go steal their coach. If you do that, that's that's going to be huge. That sends a message. Hey, we are serious about winning. I think if you go. And you bring in a Shane Beamer, which a lot of people kind of expect. Maybe they'll interview him. Or even, and I mean, I like Jamie Chadwell, but even if you bring in a guy like that, I think it just looks like, okay, Virginia Tech's just going to scrape from whoever's performing well at the G5 level or whoever they already have a connection to. But P.J. Fleck would be a little bit of a unique hire from another Power 5 school. He is a complete culture guy. And the thing he did at Minnesota is he went in and he changed recruiting there immediately. He started yep. getting four stars into the University of Minnesota. That wasn't happening before. So yep. I think he can go into Virginia Tech and win the state of Virginia in recruiting. I, I, again, can you convince him to leave Minnesota? I don't know, but I think they would have a really strong argument to do that. That'd be interesting. He's already at a, uh, what, maroon and gold location, so it'd just be changing one color. Yeah, maroon and gold to maroon and orange. There you That's go. That's true. Hey, uh, so uh, there are some coaches that I've heard rumors on. I want to get your kind of intel on okay, these guys. Okay, so who who have you heard rumors on? Uh, I heard Virginia Tech is very interested in Dave Clawson from, from Wake, uh, Wake Forest. Forest. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts I on like that? Dave Clawson. Um, I don't – I mean, I, I don't know enough about him right now to say that that's a great hire. I don't think it would be a bad hire, but I, I don't know if it'd be as much of a slam dunk as P.J. Fleck would be. I mean, it, it it's fine. I think the biggest benefit anytime you can hire a good coach within your conference is you take that school, you take the reason they're winning away. So it's mm-hmm. like you, you've got a you've got a opponent, you, you've got an obstacle or a threat right now preventing you from winning. Now you can take that away. Now every time you play Wake Forest, who's got the advantage? You do, because Wake Forest doesn't have Dave Clawson anymore, right? That, yep. I think, is the advantage. But, I mean, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the best fit. I certainly don't think it's bad, though. So there's another rumor that uh, Virginia Tech is targeting Bill O'Brien from Alabama. Bill O'Brien, really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That is a unique hire. Um Bill O'Brien, I think when he was in the NFL, he was the coach of the Houston Texans. He was a phenomenal head coach. I think a lot of people gave him crap for being a head coach. But he wasn't a bad head coach. He was a very good head coach. Where he messed up was he wasn't a good GM. That's where he struggled. And I think Bill O'Brien overthought the room on a lot of different decisions that he made. He's a big personality. He's a great recruiter. Everybody loves playing for him. And you look at what Houston's been without him. It's not been pretty. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad hire at all. Yeah, I'd love them to take an OC from Alabama. Just keep taking them out. I mean, these coordinators from Alabama, they tend to work out. They do. So are, the, are those the two, the or do you hear of anybody else? Those are the two that I had. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think we'll, we'll talk about Duke football real quick, because we want to do that a lot. Um, so David Cutcliffe has announced he's going to retire from Duke. It's, uh, I, I mean, guys, it's like two, three years too too long. <laughs> I, I mean, and and I, I loved Cutcliffe. Can I tell you guys the night and day difference between what Duke football was to when he came there and changed it. But the one thing I will say about David Cutcliffe is three years ago or so, he completely lost interest in his job and it was absolutely obvious. He didn't care about it. And he's kept this staff together and the staff is absolutely awful. Like the fact that Zach Roper 
is still the offensive coordinator for this team makes absolutely no sense. That guy is one of the worst coordinators in all of college football. Duke hasn't had a good offense in years. They've been when Kekliff built this team, it was on offense. They've not been able to do anything. He doesn't develop talent real well. Like Daniel Jones was actually a much better prospect than he was a player. He got drafted because of his skill, not because of what Duke taught him. And that's a big problem that they couldn't bring him in and really develop him into a better player. Um, I I like Cutcliffe, but I'm so glad that he's retiring. Now, who does Duke hire? I'd love for them to go after Jamie Chadwell. Again, I think Jamie Chadwell, if you are a school on the East Coast and you're not an elite school, but you're a Power 5 school, he needs to be on your list. To me, that would be a great hire. And I would honestly be fine with any coordinator from Auburn or Ole Miss. I mean, look at what Lane Kiffin's done with Ole Miss. I would take the offensive coordinator there because Matt Corral has developed. I I mean, he has made leaps from where he was last year. So I would love to bring in Ole Miss's offensive coordinator um, into the mix. I think that'd be a great hire. Um, So we'll see what Duke does. I I don't have a ton of hope because I think Duke is just going to be a basketball school. I think Cutcliffe is a little bit of an outlier. (laughs) I would love to see head coach Mike Bobo of the Duke Blue Devils because that means he would no longer be coaching for Auburn. (laughs) So you're not a fan of the Mike Bobo. I'm not. I mean, even Derek Mason has had like, how do you? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bitch for a little bit. So, uh, how do you go from 28 to three, and then blow a 40 point unanswered second half? Like, what are you doing? You play terrible against defense. State. Terrible. I mean, terrible it's, offense. It, but it's so Mike Leach though. Mike, listen, Mike Leach is the most, uh, he is the most roller coaster of a coach I've ever yep. seen in my life. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, he will have games like it wouldn't. And I think we said this at the start of the year. It wouldn't have surprised me if Mississippi State had gone one and 11 and their one win was against Alabama. Like it, there, there is no team worse betting on than Mississippi State because you just, you have no idea what you're going to get from week to week. It's wild. Yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, yeah, Wild's an understatement. The coordinators at Auburn can go anywhere they want, as long as it's not back to Auburn, <laughs> as far as I'm considered. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, talk about that Auburn-Mississippi State game last week. I mean, that was – and I, I thought the refing was fine for most of the game. But I thought – let's talk about this, too. I thought the um, targeting penalty in that mm-hmm. game – was absolutely bonkers. I, I didn't Everyone understand did. them overturning that at all. To me, it was clear as day targeting on the Mississippi State player. And then on the Auburn player, I don't know how you call that targeting. It was just a good sack. Um, but, you know, I thought the interesting thing about that game, though, Ben, because I watched that game on the plane, and while I was watching that game, I had my iPad on the West Virginia game. I was watching that. And in that game, West Virginia and I think it was Kansas State, there was a clear-as-day targeting penalty, like malicious targeting penalty. Uh And it's like you can see the rule is there for a reason. I don't think it's necessarily a bad rule, but the enforcement with, with which we saw it in the Auburn game, that's pathetic, Right? Like, do yep. you have to take this targeting rule and rule by the spirit of it? Is it malicious? Is it done with an intent to injure the player? Or is it a good play, just they accidentally hit each other? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be more of a personal foul. I appreciate that they don't kick the player to the uh, to the locker room anymore. At least they can stay on the sideline. But ejecting a player for keeping their head up and jumping to prevent a pass and then hitting helmet to helmet with the face masks is stupid. Yeah. A player should not be ejected for that. 
Well, and the, the keeping the head up is the main thing. Like, if I put my head down and, like, obviously the crown of my helmet is pointed at you, that's mm-hmm. one thing. Whereas yeah, if, if I've got my head up and I'm coming at you with my arms, that's another thing. You can tell I'm using my arms, I'm using my body to make the play. I'm not trying to use my head to make the play. Um, in the West Virginia-Kansas State game, the West Virginia defender obviously was using his head. I mean, he lowered his head, put his arms back, like he put his arms away from his body and went at the player. Like you can obviously Mm. tell he's not going to use his arms to make the play. He's just trying to use his head to make the play. Um, And to me, that's where the ejection makes a lot of sense. But let's move over to our college football playoff rankings. I want to run through this. Then Ben and I are going to run through our rankings as well. But here's how the college football playoff has a rundown right now. So Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Oregon 3, Ohio State 4. So if the playoff were today, Georgia would play Ohio State, Alabama would play Oregon. Now we know it won't be that because Georgia and Alabama will play each other in the SEC championship game, right? And that's whatever happens in that result. Georgia wins, Alabama won't be in the playoff, Alabama wins, Georgia's going to move down, Alabama will move up. We know that this won't be how it ends. But Georgia win, Alabama 2, Oregon 3, Ohio State 4. Fifth is Cincinnati, sixth is Michigan, Michigan State at 7. By the way, they just signed signed Mel Tucker to a 10-year extension, $95 million. Seems an awful lot for a coach that is 16-13 and in his career there. Notre Dame is 8th. Oklahoma State ninth and Wake Forest rounds out the top ten. Ben, did you have any major disagreements there? Uh, I don't have any major disagreements because of the timing of everything. Look, I I don't think Oregon beats Utah this week, so that gives Oregon another L, which knocks them out of the top ten. Then since he jumps in there, and it gives a really good matchup for Ohio State and Michigan, so. I'm all good for that. Um, I, I disagree with it right now, but because of timing, because things will play out, I'm okay with that at this time. Yeah, and I, I think the interesting thing, Ben, is it, you know you can look at what the committee does, and then I like to go back and look at, okay, well, what does Vegas say? So the committee is saying we think Oregon's third. Vegas is saying we think Utah's going to beat Oregon at home, and the game, the line is Utah minus three. Which is basically, because again, you've got that fixed in three point home foot advantage. The game's at Utah, mm-hmm. right? So Vegas is saying, listen, we think Utah and Oregon are even. We think they're the same team. And the committee's telling you, we think Oregon's the third best team in the country. Well, I, I trust Vegas a lot. I, I would vehemently disagree with having Oregon at number three. I think that's the biggest disagreement there. Um, and the problem is, is I think the Pac-12 is so bad, Oregon can keep winning and sneak into this thing. And I just, I don't think they belong in it. Um, listen, I think Cincy I've, belongs in there over Oregon for sure. I do too. And I, I've not been a Cincinnati defender, but I, I don't like Oregon in the top four at all. Um, I think, by the way, the reason the committee is doing it this way is they want a West Coast team in their four TV ratings. They don't want the West Coast to miss out on this thing again. So I mm. think they're bumping up Oregon way higher than they should be. Um, other than that, no more computers to keep them out. What's that? No more computers to keep them out. Just money bias. Yeah, Bob, Bob Stoops can't uh, control who he wants in and out, right? <laughs> Stupid BCS. <laughs> Listen, I love the BCS system. I'd be fine if we went back to two teams in the BCS, but that's not me. Um, All right, so let's go to our top ten, Ben. So I am sure you and I both have Georgia at one and Alabama at two, right? Correct. So who's your third team? Third, Cincinnati Bearcats. Okay. Look, they're 10-0. They're one of the undefeated teams. They've beaten everyone in the 82. SMU this week is going to be one of their biggest challenges that they have left. Unfortunately, SMU did drop a game, so they're not in the top 25. But they are still a very good team with a high-powered offense. So Cincinnati takes care of business against SMU. I think they've proven themselves with their schedule. They played hard teams that they needed to. 
Notre Dame is still in the top ten and got beat by Cincy in Notre Dame. So, you know what? I, I'm really feeling good about the Bearcats, and I think they deserve a playoff bid as long as they finish out undefeated. Got them at number three. Um, I have Ohio State at number three. I don't think – and everybody talks about, oh, you got to win the games, whatever. Watch the games. you got to watch the games. If you watch Ohio State play a real Big Ten team and then compare it to Cincinnati playing Tulane, it, it's like a different experience. It, and it <laughs> shouldn't be. It should be the opposite. It should be, ooh, look at Cincinnati destroying Tulane and look at Ohio State struggling. But it's not. Ohio State just crushing everybody. Cincinnati's barely squeaking by. So I've got Ohio State three. Ben, who do you have at four? I have Ohio State at number four. Uh, I think Ohio State's a very, very good team. Definitely topped four. Um, the let's see which which game was it recently? They they haven't been blowing teams out like I really wanted them to. Uh, they barely beat Penn State. Then they barely beat Nebraska. Thankfully, they destroyed Purdue, but you know Purdue was the spoiler maker, so they made sure that that wasn't going to happen again. L- listen about Nebraska. They are 42 points away, 42 combined points away from being undefeated. They're yeah. three and seven, three and seven. Their seven losses are by a combined 42 points. They haven't lost to anybody by more than I think it's eight points. Yeah, they're they're not a bad team. And I was saying this, in fact, the week that uh, Ohio State Nebraska played, I crossed that out. I literally have it right here if we were telecasting. I could show you, but I crossed Ohio State Nebraska out and put it in place for uh, Wake Forest and UNC. That was a bad choice. So uh, glad we're not recovering that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Nebraska's a good team. However, Ohio State isn't as dominant as they were, except against the spoiler makers. So uh, I'm very intrigued to see them play Michigan State and Michigan here coming up pretty soon. So we'll see kind of how it shakes out there. Ohio State wins out. Ohio State should be number three regardless because they're about to play two very, very good Big Ten teams. Yeah. So Big Ten's very interesting right now. It is. Uh, my number four is Cincinnati. Um, I don't feel great about them. I feel if they get into this playoff, they're going to get absolutely destroyed. I think for their own sake, you, if you're a Cincinnati fan, listen, you don't want in – uh, in this hornet's nest. You just don't because you're going to get murdered. It's not going to be any fun. And then you're going to be sitting there in the middle of the second quarter against Georgia down 42 nothing, wondering why are we playing this and not just playing in the Rose Bowl or something, right? Um, but listen, I just don't think there's another team right now that I feel very good about. I, I like they, After three, they all just kind of run together. So Cincinnati at four. Yeah, at least Cincinnati would be able to get a shirt that says college football playoff. You know, that's something special. So at number five, I've got the University of Michigan. Uh, I still think that 16-point, like, loss that, or I guess, what was it, where they they blew a 16-point lead against Michigan State to lose that game. Never should have happened. Michigan definitely should have beaten Michigan State, who then got trounced by the spoiler makers. So uh, I've got Michigan as the more powerful team. Uh, got them at number five. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I love this. My number five, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. (laughs) Listen, this team, just listen, this team, and I have been so good on Notre Dame all year long to Ben's demise. But Notre Dame, I said at the start of the year, they're not going to be as good at the start. They're going to win a lot of close games. But as we progress through the end of the year, they will get better. Guys, their past four games, they've won by, a, a, on average, 20 points each game. And they've played some really good teams as well throughout that stretch. They are starting to come together. If Cincinnati drops a game, if Michigan gets blown out by Ohio State, if Michigan State loses to Ohio State this weekend, and if Oregon drops a game, I think Cincinnati, or Notre Dame rather, may sneak into this thing. And I think they're a very, very good football team. I tell you what, if Georgia beats Alabama and Ohio State wins out, and we've got number one, Georgia, number two, Ohio State, number three, Cincinnati, and number four, Notre Dame in the college football playoff. I'm taking every penny I have in FanDuel and doing a two-game parlay for Georgia and Ohio State to cover and win. <laughs> like, that's the most ridiculous. You'd be 100% back to the BCS need because, like, there's no need for a playoff in that case. There really isn't. I mean, I absolutely isn't. <laughs> Um, let's keep going. So Ben, who's your number six? Number six, Michigan State. So uh, Mel Tucker, Coach of the Year, 10-year extension contract, $95 million. We'll see how he goes against Ohio State this week. Just just saying it's a lot of money to give a guy that's three games over 500 his career. Um, Insane. But but it, it does show they're committed, right? Because they're able to keep Mel Tucker from going to LSU. That was the big thing. Um, again, Ellis, you may be sitting years. over there going, ha. <laughs> but, um, I mean, who knows? So, my number six is Michigan. Um, I don't like him as much as Notre Dame. Michigan's best win, I mean, who is it? At, at Penn State where they won by like four points. Is that their best win of the year? I, I mean, they just – they haven't impressed me at all. They've done – exactly what they should have done to this point. And that's fine, but it doesn't give me any reason to put you in my top five. So they're a good team. If they find a way to beat Ohio State, obviously I'm going to like them more, but I got to see that first, so Michigan at six. Yeah, but number seven, I unfortunately have the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So uh, they're a good team. They're They're well coached, and they're beating teams handily. So, uh, yeah, there you go, CJ. Congratulations, number seven. I'm telling you, man, I'm so glad that you are finally starting to see the light on this. I hate it, but they're they're nine and one, and their only loss is to Cincy. So, I mean, they've earned it. <laughs> Touchdown, Jesus, baby. <laughs> I'm, this is like the best night that Ben has them at number seven. Um, oh, now we're going to get copyrighted. Probably so. That's uh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, get, go ahead, copyright me. I don't care. My number seven, Michigan State. Um, listen, no, no denying what Mel Tucker has done with this program. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, do I think they win this weekend? No. I think they probably lose by a couple touchdowns. Um, I think Vegas actually has... Ohio State favored by a bunch too this weekend. Um, but, I, I mean, this is still a very good physical team. They find a way to stay in games. They claw very, very scrappy. Just don't think they're elite. I think they're good, not elite. Michigan State at seven. Who's number eight, Ben? 
Number eight is Oregon. So uh, I think they drop out of my top ten after this week. But they did beat Ohio State. They have continued to win except for that Stanford game where, honestly, if they just knew how to control the clock and and just kneel to the ball, then uh, they would have won that game and would be undefeated right now. So got to keep Oregon up there until they lose again. But got them in at number eight. I have them at number eight, too. I just... I don't feel good about this team at all. They're squeaking by Washington, squeaking by Washington State, squeaking by Cal. Like, mm-hmm. what the heck? I mean, and this is the thing. People, you can criticize me about Cincinnati, but my argument against Cincinnati is my exact argument against Oregon. When you're playing against inferior competition, you cannot squeak by and – it, it, think that I'm going to be impressed. I'm not. You're squeaking by. I don't like where Oregon's headed right now. I feel like this is, it, it, and we were all we've all been watching Oklahoma all year, right? Mm-hmm. We knew Oklahoma wasn't a top four team. Like like they've been winning and we've been dropping them because we've been watching them going, guys, that's not a top four team. And then they play Baylor last week and they prove why they're not a top four team. Oregon, I feel like, is the same thing. I'm just waiting on somebody to finally beat them, but this is not a top-four team. I've got them at eight as well. At number nine, I've got the Ole Miss Rebels. Okay. So, uh, look, this is a fun team to watch. I don't understand how they lost to Auburn. Well, I do. It's because Lane Kiffin's quote-unquote analytics uh, meant that he needed to go for it on fourth down like five times when if he just kicked field goals, he would have won that game. That's why. So uh, maybe listen to your analyst on analytics. However, even with that, he's still crushing teams. And Matt Corral is amazing. The offense is good. The defense has improved dramatically over the last year. They had one blowout loss to Alabama, who's one of the best teams in the nation. And then they lost to Auburn. So besides the state of Alabama, Ole Miss has done very well and uh, got them in at number nine. My number nine is Oklahoma State. Guys, this team is three points on the road against Iowa State away from being undefeated right now, completely in control of the Big 12. I just don't think you can deny how good of a team this is, especially considering they had Chuba Hubbard last year, they lost him, and the offense has been just fine. I think they're going to win out. I do think they're going to beat Oklahoma. Um, I just love where this team is headed. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's enough time with just really two regular season games and a conference championship game left for them to get into the playoff race. But this team is any this team is as good as anybody I've listed up to Cincinnati at four. So Oklahoma Oklahoma State at number nine. Yep, I've got Oklahoma State at number ten. Uh, high powered offense. I think that they kind of control their destiny, and Oklahoma just doesn't look good right now. So Oklahoma State will beat them, and I'm excited about that. You know what's interesting, Ben? My number 10 is Ole Miss. So we literally have the (laughs) same group of teams in the top 10. Now, of course, in the college football poll, we've got the same um, of their top nine. We've got the same group in our top nine. Um, So where we're differing is going to be in that 10th spot, and that is where I have Ole Miss. Um Listen, I just think what you when you look at what they've done the past couple of weeks, just the way they're rolling teams. I mean, Ben, this is absolutely impressive. What I mean, what they did at the start of the year was great. Past couple of weeks, crushing Texas A and M. I mean, that's really really impressive. I love just where this team is going under Lane Kiffin. I love their capacity with Matt Corral at quarterback I feel like whoever they get in the bowl game and I feel like they're going to get a team that feels like they were snubbed out of the playoff and then that team's gonna have to play Ole Miss in a New Year's (laughs) Day bowl and Ole Miss is gonna crush them and then everybody's gonna be pointing at Cincinnati going ha we told you we're in a playoff team any team it doesn't have to be (laughs) it will be Cincinnati but it could be anybody (laughs) that would be so funny what I mean this is where I think we're headed Ole Miss right now, I think if, honestly, and if you've watched Alabama the past couple of weeks, Ben, if Ole Miss were to play Alabama this Saturday, I think you could make a real argument for Ole Miss to win that game. Well, I mean, I made an argument for Ole Miss to keep it close, and then they got just crushed. 
So, and Alabama had played Florida fairly close then, and look at Florida now. I, I don't understand this Alabama team. We've got a couple games here coming up that will kind of explain things for us, but I know they're the most talented team in the nation. I don't know if they're the best this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the thing is, is I think they're going to win these next two games. I think, you know, Arkansas at home, Arkansas is good, but they're very limited. Yep. Auburn's in a very interesting spot because if Auburn find, if Auburn gets dropped by South Carolina this weekend, they oh, have to no beat – oh, well, Listen, they have to beat – if that happens, they're going to have to beat Alabama to prevent finishing 6-6, six and six, which, I mean, <laughs> yikes, that, that would not be good, right? Um, so I think well, they lost Alabama their quarterback, so, I mean, it can games. happen. Yeah. But, I mean, it is weird. They beat Mississippi State by 40, who just pounded Auburn, yet they struggled against LSU and only won that game by 6. And LSU's been awful this year. Yep. All I don't right. know, man. Let's let's go to our picks. Ben, I think you're gonna love my first game, my lock of the week. It's one of my favorite locks of the week. Probably make you laugh, but whatever. Um all right. who's your give first game? Alright, alright, I'll give you my lock of the week. Uh my lock of the week. The Michigan Wolverines favored by sixteen at Maryland Terrapins. So uh the nation is on the Wolverines winning the game, and I think they win and cover. If you look at Maryland in their past three losses, they have lost by an average of 16.9 points. If you look at their last four losses, they've lost by an average of almost 30 points. So <laughs> that's because they got crushed by Ohio State. I think Michigan and their defense will hold Maryland, and that offense will perform well. I've got Michigan covering that 16-point spread, and I'm going to do something unprecedented this season, putting $50 on this bad boy. Half my week. Half my week going on my lock. The most you had done before this was was 40, 40. right? Yes, sir. And I lost that game. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. That's going to be interesting. Is that a Friday night game? No, that's a Saturday afternoon game. Saturday afternoon. I got it. Um, All right. My lock of the week, Utah is at home playing against Oregon. Utah is favored by three. And I got to be honest, I've come really close this year to just completely giving up on Utah. Um, For one, the but... Listen, this game, my lack of the week, because I just think the value on it is absolutely crazy. You have to sometimes pay attention to what Vegas is doing and what they're telling you. 70% of the public right now is on Oregon to cover. And every year, the pa- Vegas gives us a Pac-12 line, and it makes absolutely zero sense. The public goes one way, and then the game always goes the opposite. That's what I think is happening here. Everyone's betting on Oregon because of A... The rankings, which we all agree is stupid, and B, because of how meh Utah has been. But have you watched Oregon this year? They squeaked by Washington, who fired their coach. They squeaked by Washington State, who also fired their coach. They squeaked by Cal. They squeaked by Fresno State. And they lost to Stanford, who's not been great. I get they beat Ohio State, but that feels more like an anomaly than anything else. And I don't have to like Utah. For me to trust Vegas. So the Utes win 27-20. And Oregon watches their playoff hopes erupt in flames. <laughs> Love that. So uh, my second game is Oklahoma against Iowa State. Ooh, so this is this Oklahoma at a home game. And Oklahoma is a three and a half point favorite. So I like that spread because I think Oklahoma has been exposed. They almost lost to Kansas. They finally lost a game to Baylor. They're going to lose another game at home, breaking that home winning streak to Iowa State. We were saying early on in the season that this game was circled because it was going to decide who goes (laughs) to the Big 12 
championship. Bit, oh, Ben, it was bigger than that. We thought here. this game would decide who could play for the college football playoff. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That hasn't, really, that hasn't really turned out for Iowa State. However, I still think they are the better team. And in this matchup, I'm going all Iowa State. Uh, give me that three-and-a-half-point underdog. Not only do I think Iowa State will cover, they will win. And Oklahoma's uh, home winning streak will be broken. Yeah. Um, i got to be honest, I was really close to picking this game. But when I looked at it, I was very close to picking Oklahoma to cover three-and-a-half. And the, the reason I was very close to picking Oklahoma is I think they've gotten the monkey off their back. I think sometimes when you get exposed, it's kind of a good thing. It's kind of like, okay, now we know what our identity is. We're not a top five team. We don't have to keep pretending that we are every single week and just focus on not losing the game. And now I feel like, okay, they can go out and play a little bit more loose. Maybe they come out a little bit more aggressive. Maybe they're pissed off from that loss last week. Um, now I'm staying away from it because Iowa State's also coming off a loss. I think Iowa State's a little bit more desperate for a win. This game is going to be an absolute blast to watch because both teams I, I mean, whoever loses this game, now it becomes a storyline, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be interested to watch it, but I decided to stay off of the line simply because I liked Oklahoma, but there's enough juice in Iowa State to where I think they could win it. Um, so my second game is actually going to be South Carolina hosting Auburn. Auburn is a seven and a half point favorite. Let me go back real quick on Utah. We've got 35 bucks writing there. I'm going to have 25 bucks writing on Auburn. And betting on a road favorite is tough, but I've got a good team in Auburn coming off of a loss, playing a weak opponent. Now, why does that matter? College football is a beauty pageant. Teams love to run up the score when given the opportunity. Also, 18 to 22-year-olds tend to be emotional with really high highs and really low lows. And if they play in Colorado, it's really, really high highs. Um, (laughs) Auburn's defense was great against Texas A&M. Bo Nix wasn't. The defense was great. But then last week against Mississippi State, the defense disappeared. Bo Nix looked like a lost puppy against A&M. But then look like Mahomes last week against Mississippi State. So we know both sides of this team, offensively and defensively, they can play. It's just a matter of it coming together. South Carolina, meanwhile, is 5-5, five and five, and I think they're much worse than 5-5. Five and five. They've had three different quarterbacks, and this new one, Jason Brown, hasn't completed more than 60% as a starter. I think Auburn's going to have a field day, and I think they crush the Gamecocks on the road. 35-20, Tigers win. Mm, 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 mm. So, something that I'm going to ask, uh, this is just because I'm an Auburn fan, Bo Nix broke his ankle at the end of the Mississippi State game and is out for the rest of the season. So, how do you think TJ Finley will do in his first start against South Carolina? Juice. <laughs> no, I, I, think he gives, I think he gives juice to a locker room. Um, and I think yep. juice is completely... I think it's one of the most undervalued things. I mean, like, Cam, uh, Ben, look at what Cam did to Carolina in the NFL this past weekend. No, that's true. Do I think Cam is a long-term solution for Carolina? No. But I think Cam can give Carolina a really good three-game stretch. Because if you watched, Robbie Anderson didn't drop a pass last week. Dude, Robbie Anderson has been dropping everything. I mean, he drops his cleats when he walks into the locker room. <laughs> Last week, he he didn't drop a thing. Last week, DJ Moore looked incredible. The defense looked incredible. And I I like Bo Nix, but I think sometimes you get these quarterbacks that are just, they play a little bit um, odd. Players get over it, and they just want to move on to something a little bit different. And now you bring in a new guy, think he had juice to the locker room. I'm fine with that. But but I don't like, I didn't like Auburn because of Bo Nix, Ben. I liked Auburn because of their defense and how stout mm-hmm. they can be at times. I like them because Tank Bigsby is an absolute monster. I think this offensive line is much better than people say. Um, it, it, it has a, a lot more to do with just the quarterback play. Yep. 
I think you're totally right. I did not pick this game, but I will give you a stat because I looked it up. Uh, last year, TJ Finley started his first career start at LSU against South Carolina. He went 52, or uh, let's see, they beat them 52 to 24. Uh, TJ had 265 yards and 81% completion rating. Yeah. And that was his first career start. So I think you're right. He'll come out. He'll be juice of the team. Should be good. Yep. For my next game, uh, I have Michigan State at Ohio State. And Ohio State is a 19-point favorite here. So, uh, look, Ohio State's the number one in both scoring yards, and they have a pretty dang good defense, too, at number six. However, Michigan State does not have a bad offense. They are decent. And have a good defense as well. So, Michigan State's offense one, their defense ranked forty up for points four and points allowed. With a nineteen point favorite for Ohio State, I've had a couple games this year where I've expected Ohio State to blow a team out, and they didn't. And that's because the team they were playing was a decent team. Michigan State is a decent team. And so I think this game is closer than Vegas is telling us. I'm grabbing Michigan State to hold it close. I think they only lose by two touchdowns. And so give me Michigan State to cover. Go Sparty. I'd be really careful betting Michigan. I'd be really careful betting that game at all, quite honestly. I just love it. It's an exciting game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oh, it's, it's going to be a blast. Tonight. This is a great weekend for college football. It is. Um, all right, my next game, Miami hosts Virginia Tech. The Hurricanes are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I got a lot of big lines this week. It's wild. Um, this line makes no sense. Both teams are five-and-five. Five. They both have the same record. Mm-hmm. Neither of them have looked great. And the game is at Miami, who has no real home field advantage. Yet the line is over a touchdown. That doesn't make any sense to me. I know Virginia Tech just parted ways with Fuente, but this could be a rare instance where that's a good thing. J.C. Price is the interim head coach, gave a great press conference today, but more importantly, I may not like Justin Fuente, but his players loved him. And if you paid attention to social media this week, and maybe social media is not the best reason to pick a team, but all of his players came out and backed him. And sometimes in these instances, you will get a group of players that come out fired up and they play way better than they should just because they're trying to prove to everybody, hey, our coach wasn't the problem. Um, Miami, meanwhile, is coming off a humiliating loss to Florida State. And Manny Diaz might be at a job, be out of a job by the end of the year. Uh, by the way, Lane Kiffin actually is rumored to be. I heard that a Miami candidate, which is crazy to me. I think I, I would think say it almost. Um, I think Virginia Tech is going to send Manny Diaz packing. Give me the Hokies to not only win but win big, twenty eight seventeen. Oh my gosh. So, uh, great, great pick. Love that pick. My fourth game is also Virginia Tech. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I've got Virginia Tech at Miami. I also thought this was ridiculous. J.C. Price is uh, is going to be a great interim head coach. The guy's passionate. He loves them. He loves them Hokies. 
and uh, he's going to get the boys fired up and ready to go against a Miami team that couldn't even beat FSU. So uh, I agree. Uh, I'm taking Virginia Point or Virginia Tech on the points to cover. Uh, give me them Hokies. Uh, I don't know if they're going to beat Miami, but I do think that it's going to be a close game for sure. Yeah. Um, my next game is Notre Dame hosting Georgia Tech. Notre Dame, that's another big line, 17-point favorite. And that, honestly, this is kind of on my low-confidence list simply because that line's just huge. But, listen, Ben hates it when I bet on Notre Dame, but I've been money on them all year long. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I've said about Notre Dame, we talked about a second ago, is I said they'd be a lot better later than they would be early. And here we are. For the past five games, or for the last four games, they've won by an average of 19.5 points. And not only that, but Jack Cohn is completing around 75% through that stretch and has thrown seven touchdowns and two picks. If Cincinnati were to drop a game, and maybe they could drop this game to Southern Methodist this weekend, I think Notre Dame sneaks into the playoff discussion. Georgia Tech, meanwhile, is awful. And it get it's getting worse. They're coming off a loss to Boston College, a defensive team that doesn't score a lot of points, but somehow managed to put up 41 on the Yellow Jackets. <laughs> I'm going to take the Irish to win big, cover 17-point line, 45-10, Irish win, and I'm putting 10 bucks on that game. Nice, nice. Oh, yeah, to, uh, to cover my dollar values, I uh, had 50 on my first game, Michigan to cover 16. Then had 20 on my second for Iowa State to beat Oklahoma, or at least to cover. Uh, And then had 10 on Michigan State to cover, 10 on Virginia Tech to cover. And I've got the last 10 on Ole Miss to cover a 36-and-a-half point favorite against the Vanderbilt Commodores. (laughs) So look... Ole Miss has been absolutely crushing it. Uh, I'm really loving the way this team plays. I think Matt Corral needs to look. He's he's beast mode for sure. The guy gets injured and comes back in the next the next uh, set of downs, and that's wild. So um, they have the number 15 offense. Uh, they're really good at running the ball. Really good at passing the ball. Their defense is also okay. And Vandy is the worst offense. It might be the maybe the the third worst offense in the nation. They're 128. There's 130 FPS teams now. Is that right? Yeah. One of one of the worst offenses. I would be surprised if they scored a field goal against this Ole Miss team. I think Ole Miss is just gonna have a heyday with it. I think they cover that 36 and a half. I know that's a huge line. It's the biggest line I've ever bet on, but. I, I feel good for Ole Miss, so uh, give me the Rebel Black Bear Land Sharks. You know, I think the only thing locking the vault on Saturday is going to be Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt locking down Matt Corral and getting the win. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Ole Miss is going to win that game. But I would yeah, say, I mean, crash. 36 and a half points, Ben. You're out of your mind to bet that number. Nah. They just got to win by, like, five or six touchdowns. It's all good. I would. I, I don't care if Ole Miss played <laughs> the homeschool team in Roanoke, Virginia. I would never <laughs> bet a 36-and-a-half-point line. Yeah, well, that's why I want to make some money off this bad boy, and you won't. Oh, well, whatever you say. Uh, my last game is Missouri hosting Florida. Florida is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Um. Again, it's a low-confidence pick. It's just as low as my Notre Dame game. But I think Florida is much – I just think Florida is much better than we've seen the past few weeks, and I think Missouri is much worse. That's why it's a low-confidence pick. But Florida's defense might be one of the worst in the country. And that game last week against Sanford, utterly embarrassing. Um, Generally – I want to have at least one underdog on my list. And given how bad Florida has been, I think eight and a half points is just too big of a number. So I'm going to take Missouri to cover, but Florida wins it close, 
38-34. If Missouri pulls it off, I think Dan Mullen's done. Oh, for sure. Missouri's a bad team, though. So uh, that's a tough pick for me. You got to bet on bad teams to make money, though. Mm, Do you? Yes, because here's the thing. Listen, don't you think Vegas knows who's good and who's bad? Yes. Okay, so who do you trust more to tell you who's good or who's bad? Yourself or Vegas? I trust Vegas. So you got to bet the number, right? So sometimes you have to bet on a bad team. Vegas knows that they're bad. Vegas knows you know that they're bad, right? But exactly how bad they are, that's what you got to bet on. I'm going to take – by the way, if Missouri wins this, they're bowl eligible. They ain't that bad. Yeah, that's true. So if South Carolina upsets would, Auburn, they're bowl eligible. In a 36.5-point spread, would you take Vandy to cover? Would I take um, – That's betting the bad team. I would bet a flyer on it just because 36.5 is such a big number. Yeah. If somebody was like, you have to bet this game, yeah, I would bet on Vanderbilt. I mean, I, I'm not going to do it. But, yeah, if you told me, hey, I'm going to bet Vanderbilt to cover because 36 and a half is too much, I'd be like, okay. I see your point, and I'm going to stick with my gut. Think about it. Would 40 <laughs> to 14, would that shock you? Mm, I think that would be too much, too too many points for Vandy. You don't Would think Vandy, 40 to don't three shock capable of scoring no. 14 points against Ole Miss? No. Would 40 to seven shock you? Uh, no. Okay, because if it's 40 to seven, Vanderbilt covers. That's how no, big of a line 36 and a half is. I know that. Uh, that's I can a add. Big line. <laughs> that's a big ass line. <laughs> hey, uh, the other thing is, is like, what if Matt Corral goes down like first quarter? You think they're going to score enough to cover thirty six and a half points? I think Matt Corral could break his arm and still finish the game. Still finish, but and complete eighty percent of his passes. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, he's an eternal. He just happens know. to play college football this year. Just telling you, I think the Vought is in for a surprise this weekend. Very nice. All right. One thing that go we ahead, didn't go. mention early on, I've got to give you credit. Head to head, when we make picks, I've been perfect until this past week. And uh, you were right. Wake Forest, bad team. So <laughs> Yes. I told you, Ben. <laughs> so there you yeah. go. Congratulations. You beat me on well, head to head. Listen, I think UNC is a good team that's played bad. I think Wake Forest is an average team that's played great. And I think anytime you get that combo and Vegas says, we're going to take the good team that's played bad to beat the average team that's played great, I think you take the good team that's played bad because Vegas knows. Um, So that was really all that went into that pick. So. I mean, I, I hate betting on the Tar Heels. Not like I enjoy it. <laughs> I guess that's true. Spe- speaking of that, by the way, um, Louisville just finished off Duke. You want to know the score? What was it? Sixty-three to seven. Not far off. Sixty-two to twenty-two. Oh man! Wow. I'm just it's Louisville <laughs> is five and five. It's not like they're great. Nope. Stukes real bad. I hate this. Freaking Malik Cunningham threw for five touchdowns. Oh my gosh. Listen to this. 18 for 25, 303 yards, five touchdowns, 11 carries for 224 yards and two touchdowns. He had 500 yards of his own? 530 yards on his own and seven touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Might as well not be playing against a defense. Duke's backup quarterback came in, though, and completed 13 of 13. So that goes for something. Wow. A perfect night. 
start him next week. It's pathetic. Duke I would up. love to see Duke beat the Tar Heels to like finish out their season. They already lost to UNC. They did. Yep. They don't. That's not their rivalry game. Uh, it, it is, but they don't play at the end of the year anymore. Oh, they play dumb. Miami to end the year. Well, they may win that one anyway. I, I tell you what, if Miami beats Virginia Tech this weekend but loses to Duke next weekend, Manny Diaz won't be allowed to fly back. That would be if incredible. Duke's, hey, by the way, by the way, Ben, Duke was 3-1, and one, and I said they will not win an ACC game. And you yep. thought I was crazy. I said they're not going to win an ACC game. They have not won an ACC game. They came really close to accidentally winning it against Georgia Tech. But thankfully, the Yellow Jackets were just too good for them. Um, <laughs> but I swear, if they end the year beating Miami, it would be the funniest thing in the world. It would be. So, all right. There is your Week 12 podcast, friends. We will be back next week. Hey, have a happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Enjoy the egg bowl. Nobody open. Running out of time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.